0: Hey everybody, this is Mark Levine and you're listening to the NYC Real Estate Podcast. Today's episode is devoted to sexual harassment in the workplace and we are here in New New York City. So New York State and New York City have passed recent laws intended to prevent sexual harassment in the workplace. And with me today to speak about this from McCool Risk Solutions, I have Ed McCool, the president and Rebecca Scandaliato, right? Did I get it? Yes, all right. Vice President of employee Employee benefits. benefits. So you guys are the experts that we're dealing with in order to um, reach this. And we, as a management company, Um, again, for those just kind of tuning in, I own EBMG, one of the owners, and we manage co-op and condo buildings and rental buildings in New York city. And, um, we are overseeing a ton of employees for our building owners and that fall, some of this responsibility falls upon us, but also anybody that's an employee or a manager and we'll go through this has to abide by the rules that are set forth now. And we're talking about this because there is a deadline coming up of October 9th for everybody to have been going through this course and provide proof of it, which we'll get to also. But Ed, if you want to take two seconds and talk about McCool Solutions to give us an overview of the company and how you are, where you are today.
1: Thank you, Mark. Um, The agency itself specializes in habitational insurance, basically real estate, co-ops, condominiums, apartment buildings. Uh, It's been around for uh, over 30 years. And our specialty, again, really is is condos and co-ops. And, and so what we do is we make sure we are fluid in all areas. Um, one of the things about Rebecca, Rebecca said she's the Vice President of Employee Benefits, but she is also the head of our Human Resources Department. And this is an area this fits into. Uh, and Rebecca can give you a little bit more background on the laws that were passed. And although there is a deadline coming up for training, there are Deadlines that have already passed of things that must have been already been done. Okay. And New York is not the only state that is doing this. More and more states have are are either passed it and and are doing this now, or will be in the are in the process of approving it. So this is probably something that's going to be countrywide. At some point. Do
0: you think it'll be federal oversight at some point?
2: I think eventually it will be. Yeah. So right now we have California, Connecticut, um, Maine, I believe. And New Jersey, it's on its way. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can see, I mean, just all the the Me Too movement is really yeah. kind of what has driven this, and yeah. there and there is absolutely a need. So it is, uh, it is definitely a need. Now the the good thing is, um, is at least in New York, you don't have to. We'll get to a little further later, but board members and supers who have jobs elsewhere may have yeah. already taken this training and may not be required to take it again. Right. Uh, we'll get it to a little bit further, but there's there's ways of documenting it, and that's kind of what we want to make sure is done because there are going to be penalties, and that. Uh, I that
0: actually, point. when we get to that point, I have more questions. But in your office, how many staff members do you have presently?
1: We have thirty-eight in total.
0: Thirty-eight. So this is for you guys. I'm sure you guys were all on top of this in your individual firm. You're like the testing ground Mm -hmm. because you're helping a lot of other companies like myself also go through it. Right. Um, Okay. So let's talk about, um, so October 9th is the deadline, but you made mention that there were some things that should have been done already. So should we start there as like the baseline? What should have been done by, we have, but what should have been done by our company or anybody else's company by now?
2: So by October 1st of actually 2018, mm-hmm. you had to have a policy document, a complaint form, and a posting notice. So there was a separate sexual harassment.
0: Sorry. That's okay. I'm moving, <laughs> moving it closer to you.
2: A policy that can actually be downloaded right on the New York State website. Right. So you don't have to create your own. It's just a canned model policy. Okay. Um, so that had to be done by October 9th, 2018 now. Have all employers done that? No. But the most important part is the training because Mm -hmm. that has to be finished by October 9th of 2019. Right. For first year.
0: So there's two types of training, right? There's training for those that are managers and those that are employees.
1: Right. Managers consists of anyone really who is overseeing someone. So Mm -hmm. the term manager does not have to be part of their job description. It could be something as simple as a super who oversees a porter. Right, They would need the management training.
2: That gives an additional layer of what to do when someone comes to you with a complaint.
0: And what's the typical, I've, I've done it on the manager side. I, I did the class, got a 100 on my test. Very nice. <laughs> uh, thank you. I studied all night. <laughs> and what's the, so that's the, basically the typical protocol. It's just either taking a class or it's doing a webinar that's approved. And then once you take the test, you get the um, form saying that you've completed the test and you submit that to HR presumably they're tracking it. Um, we what are we going to run up against if there are there are? I mean, let's be honest. There's right. going to be companies that don't have this ready to go. So, w- what's the auditing mechanism right now that we know about, and do we know anything about fine structures?
2: Well,
1: actually, I'm going to yeah, jump in for yeah. a second. See, let's just take a step back sure. and go into the different forms of training that there are. Okay, you have several different options. Okay, one is you can have an on-site seminar basically where you bring someone down, they come down and they give training for several hours. It's interactive, you can ask questions and that basically would qualify. Now it tends to be costly because you're bringing, generally to an attorney, you're bringing an attorney in for several hours, they do need to be paid there. So not only is it costly, but the another downside to it is okay, well, you've had three employees who called in sick that day or didn't work that day, weren't there. They missed the training. They still need to be trained. Right. Future employees that you hire, same thing there. If they have not taken the training elsewhere, they still need to be trained. So that is an option. It is uh, Some companies are doing it. It is not the best option, in, in my opinion, because, again, there's, there's too many holes there. Another option is also live in person, and that is sending your entire staff to a center that is holding the seminar. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the same. You're attending it. It's interactive. It's several hours long. There's usually a fee per person to do so, and it's something along the lines of $99 or so, Right. but it qualifies. The downside, again, besides the cost, is still the same there. If you have employees who did not make it or could not make it, mm-hmm. they've missed the training, they have to go back and do it again. Um, if you're hiring someone in the future and they have not taken the training, again, same issue right. there. They have not taken the training. Realistically, the third way, and which is what we're doing, is it's really an, it's an online webinar, and it is not set at the same time. So Rebecca and I and you would not have to take it, log in at the same time and do right. it. It's not time. I mean, although it's time sensitive, that the the deadline is set by the employer, but the employee can choose to go on at whatever time they want to do so. They right. have nothing to do on a Saturday night. They can take the training Saturday night. Right. They can do it a Monday morning. They can do whatever they want yeah. to. So they they get an email. They log in, they take the training, it's interactive because there are questions after each chapter and there is the final, like you said, you got 100, which is probably the only person I know who has gotten that. I want to know that. <laughs> that um, but, uh, and that's kind of the option that we are helping companies choose because it benefits them from a cost perspective. It's, right. it's very inexpensive, but also if you hire a new employee or if you have an employee who missed the training, all you have to do is assign them to the training and they yeah. can take the training.
2: And I think your question about, okay, so you assign it to 100 people and 10 of them don't comply and you're audited. You can show, based on the training that we provide, It's there's a portal. We assigned it on this date. We sent out reminders on this date and this date and this So date as date. an employer, so you're covering yourself exactly, to say yes. that we,
0: we really were we proactive. We best attempt. We tried.
2: Correct.
1: Not only that, though, is, is you can track it. So yeah. what a lot of employers are doing is they're saying, okay, we want it done by July 1st, we want to know, we want an update on June 1st, on June 15th, and that's one of the things we do. So we give them a deadline, we give them an update and say, okay, on June 1st, 20 out of 100 have taken it, June 15th, 80 out of 100, and then on July 1st, we give them and say, okay, these 10 people have not taken it, here's their names. So realistically, they should not getting into a position of really being uh, at that point where training hasn't been done because they should be aware of it.
0: And I do have a lot of board members who work, so they've taken the... The, um, course for their position but what we may find is they may be not in a managerial slash oversight position with their company so in that case then they would have to again take it as a manager person who's a supervisor or overseer because technically they're managing i guess not only us but also the staff so they may have to take it twice in their life and this is a yearly thing this it's is thing. this is not like one and done or every okay. five years this is this is a lot. This yeah. is a lot for any company to, to kind of go through.
1: It is. Now, the good thing is, is the training, really, the the online webinar that we provide, it is not a long process. I mean, the the employee one is maybe 40 minutes or so, mm-hmm. and the management one is 70 minutes. So, I mean, it's a little over an hour, but yeah. it's a lot better than than going to an actual seminar and spending right. the entire day you to You spend, to spend travel more time in that travel. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, realistically, you can get it done in an hour and 10 minutes.
0: Okay, so what is the training telling us? What what is what are the things that are covered in the training? What should people be looking out for?
2: Sure, so it, it doesn't only go through sexual harassment, but also harassment due to uh, the Americans with Disability Act, um, harassment against transgender. So it's really a broad mm-hmm. harassment in the workplace at a broad level. It's not just you know a man harassing a woman, right. a woman harassing a man. It's
0: really... Just don't deep don't be a terrible person. Exactly. Just be kind and right. empathetic and you'll be fine. Correct.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. And the management one is a little bit more intel, and the reason it's a half hour longer is they go into different things like retaliation. Okay, well, right. you can't say, well, if you don't do this, then you know I'm gonna do this, and that's retaliation. So it goes into, into more than just sexual harassment, it goes into harassment by a manager or an employer to their employee.
2: And then also how to conduct a fair investigation.
0: Mm-hmm. So state and city are two different levels, right? So why don't we talk about what constitutes a, um, a business that needs it in a state sure. setting and a sta- and what qualifies it in a city setting?
2: So New York City classified it as an uh, employer with 15 or more employees. Mm-hmm. But New York State is one or more employee, and it doesn't matter if it's a seasonal employee part-time. So really because New York City clients are in New York state, they still have to comply with the state mandate.
0: So if you have one employee that marks you for having to do this.
2: So you have to be careful because some trainings are New York state only and some are New York state and New York city. Okay. Now ours comply with with both.
0: So if I'm taking a New York city, no wait. So if I'm taking a New York state, which is one person but I'm really in New York city. Does that not apply or is it the same?
2: It doesn't. In in fact, there's a a supplemental course that Um, it is for New York city. If you have taken only the New York state training. Interesting. So there's no
0: reason to take the New York state training. Correct. (laughs) Just take the New York city. If you're within the five Um, Um,
2: Just one other thing about that. If you have a company that's located in New Jersey or anywhere and you have an employee that travels into New York, into New York city, they have to take the training as really? well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: much. It's a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so this is yearly. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about co-op and condo boards. We touched upon it a little bit, but everybody that's in a co-op or condo board is required to take the manager's course, right? Is that Has that been firmly established?
1: Uh, attorneys have put out opinions on it. And, and the opinion 100% of the time is the answer is Yes that they, they are required to do so because they are managing the employees, mm-hmm. whether it be the super or the porter, they are managing them. So the Department of Labor really hasn't given specific answers. Their answer, uh, Rebecca, what was it, is uh, if they're in if charge of someone, they, sh- they absolutely should. If
2: the building is the employer, then yes, right. Right. they should.
1: So there are several attorneys who have put out memos on this and, and, and the way they've interpreted it is the absolutely board must take this training. And I have to say, I I do agree with that because if you think about it from a perspective, okay, well, they're going to interact with the super on a daily basis. Uh, they are going to interact with any vendors who come in for the most part. Mm -hmm. Maybe the vendor is hired by EBMG, but when the vendor is there, there's still a possibility that they are interacting with them. Right. And although a vendor is not an employee of the, of the co-op or the condominium, they are still protected by the law. Yeah. And the training does provide the, uh, the board or everyone who takes it with at least a basic knowledge of what they can and can't do and should and shouldn't do.
0: Uh, we haven't established yet what the fine structure will be. It, if it's anything like the lead paint, Issues that we went through a long time ago is like $38,000 a day. But that's also a health and safety issue. Do we have any sort of guideline? Has any feelers been put out there?
2: So labor law violations can be anywhere from $1,000 to $3,000 per incident. Now, whether mm-hmm. that means per person, mm-hmm. we don't know yet. Um, or per day for, per d- file well, for and not filing. Correct. So yeah. that's um, when you're running a group health plan, that's what the... The fine is it's one hundred and ten dollars per employee per day for not complying. Um, so I think you're going to be looking at hefty fines. And why would you want that when it's, it's onerous, so easy yeah. to yeah, just course. go to the New York State website, download the policy, take mm-hmm. the training, educate your your staff, and you know avoid a lawsuit? Really.
0: So another, you bring up a good question. And as insurance company, you know you may have an an inkling to this. Let's say I don't by chance take the course, my employees don't take the course and then we're sued for sexual harassment. Can the insurance company disavow coverage because we're not abiding by the state guidelines? Have you ever been asked that question?
1: Uh, We have, and we did ask the question. The answer basically is no, at least at this point. I mean, their policy isn't, uh, uh, isn't warranted based on, on that. In the future, it may in fact change. The good thing though is uh, well, I guess you could say the bad thing is if you have not taken this training and there is a lawsuit, the attorney for the claimant can use this as a reason and say they have not taken the training and it certainly will weigh heavily in the, either a judge or a jury's eyes.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of unknowns right now. This is so new. It's like any other new law. They're just trying to feel it out right. and see what the repercussions are going to be.
2: And that's what happened with Obamacare. When the Affordable Care Act came out, they talked about fines and then in 2016, I had clients that got hit with a million dollar penalty because wow. their health plan that they were running was not affordable. Wow! So, right, you know.
1: we may not see penalties, and they, and that may be the reason why they haven't really formulated them at this point. We may not see penalties for a year or two, but they will come down the road. It took them a little while, as Rebecca had said last time, but they are doing more and more audits. The Department of Labor, mm-hmm. and uh, because they do have to do audits for uh, the group health insurance and employee benefits. So it's an easy into okay, if they're gonna audit the employee the the health insurance plan there, there's no reason why they wouldn't audit whether the sexual harassment training has been done as well. So I'm not
0: submitting this to a state agency right now, but I'm holding it here just in case they come to a visit.
1: Is that the is that how we're doing it right now? Correct. I mean the the training that we are providing, the online webinar is a portal. Right. Okay. So once the training is done, the test is, is passed two things happen. One, that employee gets a copy of the of the uh, certificate showing they've had the completion, and then it o- is also posted on that portal. Right. So if, if Mark Levine wants to go into EBMG's portal and see all the certificates, they are there. Right. Okay, so the online, the webinar that we are providing is very simple and easy in that fashion. Differently, uh, if they take a seminar or a web uh, someplace else or if someone comes in and does the training, uh, a certificate has to be provided at that point and they must keep a copy or something showing that they took the training and it'll be up to them or the employee to keep a copy of it right
0: and we're keeping copies of everything they come through as you know PDF so we're right. just storing that in our online storage yep. as they come through um, what do we have to do for posting uh, of all this information do we have to post it in the employee work area or like a' you know um, workman's comp, you know, issues. So there's
2: a posting notice that that goes exactly where all your other labor law posters Mm -hmm. go. And then the policy should be distributed with your employee handbook for new hires. And then Mm -hmm. what we do every year is we send out an updated employee handbook and include the sexual harassment policy with it. Right. And we make our employees sign off that they received it.
1: Okay. Right. Now after the first year, it probably should be a little bit easier Mm -hmm. So let's say an employee has changed from one job to the other. Uh, it should be relatively easy to ask them if they've taken the training. If they have not taken the training, then they have to take the training along with everyone else. If they have, have taken the training, then it really is just a matter of getting a copy of the certificate of the proof that they had and keeping a copy of that.
0: Right. Okay, good. What else am I missing? Have we covered everything about this law? How can they get access to you guys and your portal? If, the, if, let's say I'm a company that hasn't done this yet and I'm listening to this or I've heard about this, oh my God, okay, I got to get something going. How can I reach out to you guys?
2: So they can go to the website, com,
0: And that's M-A-C-K-O-U-L.com.
2: Or they can call me, Rebecca, directly at 516-279-1215. Um, and... My email address is also on the website, but there is a form that they can fill out right. um, for the training requirements. It comes straight to me.
0: Okay, great. And I forgot to mention before, but if anybody wants to email the show, uh, we do get random emails sometimes. NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's NYC Real Estate Podcast at gmail.com. So I'm sure that we're going to have you guys back because there's a lot of insurance issues that we could tackle in future episodes. That's like half of our job is just dealing with problems. Wonderful. to be <laughs> back. <laughs> so uh, how can I reach you directly? E.J. McCool. So that's E-J-M-A-C-K-O-U-L at McCool.com. Correct. Okay. And I'm Mark Levine, and uh, this was a great episode relating to the New York State and New York City sexual harassment laws And October 9th. If you don't have it by then, you will be maybe subject to fines. Send us an email, but hopefully you can subscribe to the show and then share us. We we love to be passed around and hopefully get some more ears. But we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Thank you, Mark. Bye-bye. Thanks.